Alternative Learning, the Cork Life Centre, produced by Barbara Flood, funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland under the Sound and Vision Scheme. When people describe this first, they would describe it as an early school leavers project. I detest that phrase, early school leaver. None of the young people I work with are early school leavers. They're here, they're in their education. And, and, and to, to say to young people that they're early school leavers is for somehow the place to blame for them being out of education on their shoulders. I don't believe a young person can fail a system, but I do believe the system can fail a young person. The Cork Life Centre is really one of the gems of Cork City and a wonderful working blueprint for alternatives within our education system. Don O'Leary is director of the centre. Early school leaving for me is, 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 is a term that's, it's a triggering term really because if you think about it, the media will portray young people who are deemed as early school leavers as, as typically a uh, 14, 15 year old boy wearing a hoodie, standing on a street corner, drinking a can, smoking a doobie and in trouble with the guards and cares about nothing. Well, if that's our view of what a young person out of education is, then we're in serious problems as a, as a country. We have some young people who fit some of those stereotypes, some of that stereotype, but we have young people who have spent two years in their bedroom because they have social anxiety, mental health issues. We have young people who are self-medicating for trauma. Um, we have young people who just did not fit into their square pegs and they did not fit into their own hole. Uh, so there's huge diversity of, of young people. And why it's important that, that we look beyond the stereotypes of, of early school leavers is because if we look at it like that, then we tend to make policy decisions based on that. In their education lifetime, 90,000 of those young people are going to leave education and be deemed early school leavers. It's the population of a small town. Um, and, and we know from all the facts and figures, and whether you like this or whether you don't like this, that the reality is this, that if young people don't have a leaving cert, then their chances of finding decent employment, being able to make their way, are curtailed. And if we're saying that every 10 years, you're going to have 90,000 young people coming out. What are we doing? Where are we putting these young people? What's there for them? Where are we sending them? The centre is based on a model of education established by Father Jerry Panton in Trinidad in the 1970s. During the Black Power riots there, he was inspired by thousands of young people marching in the streets calling for justice and equality. So it all started directly as a result of a guilt trip I was having in the wake of the Black Power riots of 1970 in which I was teaching my job at St Mary's College, thinking I was doing a lot of good work. But when I suddenly realised nearly all the children of St Mary's College were middle class or upper class children, and I had no direct dealings with the poor. So on the strength of that, I, in a moment of, I call it, a moment of divine madness, I decided to just quit my teaching post 
walk up the Lavantel Hill and go up to the first group of people I met and just says, my name is Jerry Pantin, I'm a Catholic priest, how can I help you? And from then, this model emerged. Don O'Leary again. I mean, some of the things that he did afterwards was to take young people in and, 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 and look at, okay, look at educating them with skills to, to look for work. So some of the things they did, motorbikes were the, the, the mode of transport in the, on the island. Um, so he got training for young people to, to become mechanics and be able to fix the bikes. Um, he went further than that and that he gave him seed money. So you wanted to start a business of fixing bikes. He bunged the tools, he paid for the tools, but they paid back on, on a regular basis. So it left more money in the pot to go and do it again somewhere else. And so from that, small beginnings, the, 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 the model started. I asked Don if it would be financially feasible to have more centres like the Cork Life Centre, or whether it would just cost too much. We're looking at... at Ireland's future when we're talking about children and I'm not sure you can cost that in, in a big way I'm not sure we should be looking at, at that simple euro sign as being the be all and end all but even at that if, if you if you were to look at that I, I am certain we're cost effective here we should be if, if a country can't look after the future generations what are we doing what, what's are we only for here for the now and the present uh, and what we ourselves can get over because if that's the way then <laughs> God helped us coming after us but but we should be able to see the cost value and don't tell me there's no money there because it costs 250000 to keep a young person in Oberstone a year just for the listener, what's, what's that? Oberstone is, is uh, the youth detention centre in Ireland. Well, if you think about it, 250,000 here to me a year. Um, and, and, I, and I'm not saying, that, well, but I am saying, because I'd have to question, I'm, I'm on the board of Oberstone, um, but, but, I, but I have to question, are all the children that go to Oberstone or sent to Oberstone, for me, going on figures and facts, I have to question, are they in the right system? Because if you look at it, and over some of issued issued numbers over over the last year and a half, two years, would show that over sixty percent of the young people are in either in care or have had social workers. Over sixty percent of the young people there have mental health issues. Over sixty percent of the young people there have not been in education prior to attending going into Oberson. I'm just talking about broken systems a while ago. So why are our broken systems sending the kids that should be in those systems? into the justice system and so money is there it's how we choose to use it we, we're all different um, you know there's nobody in here we have 55 students this year they have a number they, the only thing they have in common is probably that their their experiences of education up to now have been dismal um, in relation to labels. Labels are never good for young people. So yeah, you can have young people with dyslexia, you can have young people with autism, you have young people with Asperger's, and, and we have all of that. But what we try to do inside here is take the labels away, 
You work with the young pe person that's in front of you. We all have issues. Young people's issues will be different. We tailor what we need to do to the young person. Morgan and Quiva are two classmates in third year. This is Morgan first. I love it because it's not like everything else. It's not just a school, it's more of a family than anything really. And we all get along and basically everyone talks to everyone. It's not like there's no cliques and it's not, you know, there's everyone's different. So you meet a lot of, uh, a lot of people. Place, like yeah, it's, yeah. You, sometimes you kind of step back and you just appreciate it. I well, mean, on a day like today, out this window, it's not great. No, but if it's like when it's like sunny, yeah, or nice. when it's like lashing raining out oh, from the yeah. maths window or the maths window, yeah, the maths room window. It's you can see like if you look over, you can see like Fitzgerald's Park, and it's so pretty because of all the trees and the rain, and you feel like you're in a movie, and then like you don't hear anything. Just turn on some sad music in the background, <laughs> Eva. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think about this place going back to this like, oh my god thoughts? it's so amazing like when I was in first year I didn't want to come here at all because <laughs> two of my brothers came here like three of my brothers came here and I did not want to go there at all because I was like no I want to be with my friends this is a weird place <laughs> and then when I came I didn't want to come I would stay in the car and be like no I'm not going in and Don would have to like come out to the car and take me into the school <laughs> and, then, and then like one day he just gave me a cake and I was like okay this place isn't too bad and it's been great ever since. And if you think about it if you didn't get that cake you would never have met me. Yeah <laughs> like on everyone's birthday he the school gets the cake but because it was I was in afternoon so we didn't have breaks and nobody knew each other and it was like my third or fourth week here only they just came week? in week <laughs> <laughs> when I came in Don was just like mm, we have a cake for you and got like everyone to sign a card I was like who are these people <laughs> but it was great I still have the card on my wall <laughs> but the thing here is like what everyone here you kind of just you don't think that other people have the same problems that you do so when you see people here you're like that's so weird that them like looking at them I wouldn't think that they had the same kind of issues that I did and then it kind of like you feel at home here and it's really nice as Don probably said to you not everybody here has a, has a teaching background Rachel Lucy deputy director of the centre We've kind of got quite a diversity backgrounds, youth and community, you know, different subject areas. Um, and a fair few people over the years volunteering, like myself, whose background is psychology. So I basically finished my degree and wasn't quite ready to make a decision about masters or anything else and wanted to volunteer for a year. Um, came across the opportunity to volunteer here. Um, and at the time, thought I'd be here for a year. And, you know, I think, I think this is my 10th year. So it's really interesting. It's like a lot of people, and it's like one of the things that I say to young people a lot, because young people can feel a lot of pressure to know what they want to do when they're 18, which for most people is not an actual reality um, at all. Um, and for me, when I went, I very much wanted to study psychology and work in some sort of a helping, supportive capacity with people. But if you'd asked me 10 years ago if I'd be working with teenagers, I'd said, absolutely not. I have no interest in doing that. Um, you know, it wouldn't have been, um, and certainly not not teaching, and that wasn't what I wanted to do. But I came and volunteered and pretty much fell in love with it, you know, with the work. Um, 
because I suppose it's it's really privileged kind of work because we do work so closely with the young people, you know, that we work with and have the chance to kind of build relationships with them. Sometimes those relationships are as long as, you know, I suppose the longest serving students we'll have is five years. Um, some people might just dip into us for a year, um, even shorter, but it's, it's for me, the work is really keeps you coming back because of those relationships that you can have with young people which are really privileged you know because we work with a lot of young people some more so than others a who've all universally had a pretty horrible time in school for different all for different reasons but some of them they're quite jaded to professionals working with them and people kind of intervening in their lives so for me it's really really valuable to be coming from a position where they can see that 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 our own agenda is them um, and therefore we often get to build, you know, very, really nice and meaningful and productive working relationships with the kids we work with. Um, like you're not just another service. Um, yeah. And, and I suppose what's really good for us is there's no, um, I think sometimes in young people's, like obviously the young people here and traditionally young people in any education setting or in settings in Ireland, you know, there's a kind of an adversarial relationship with adults or with people who are seen to be in power. Um, and I suppose we're really lucky in that um, we're not in a position in our relationships with young people to their parents where there is that big power imbalance. Um, so some, obviously not all by any means, but some of the young people that I work with might be involved with other services, um, social work services, probation services like that, and who are doing a great job. I'm not doing, doing the work, but there is a power imbalance there. You know, they, they as professionals, they, they have power to make you know jointly with other professionals but make big decisions about these young and very quickly the young people see you know our our imperative is that they're here and that they work with us but we won't make anybody here be here either like it's really important to us that of course everybody doesn't feel like jumping out of bed on a Monday morning and doing maths okay but that in general we all have good and bad days and everybody has their own challenges going on but in general that they they want to be here um, and we're working with them because they want to work with us um and that helps a lot, you know, um, and I suppose sometimes it can sound a bit, some people think it sounds a bit touchy-feely to talk so much about relationships, but the reality is you won't make an impact. Really, I think teaching any young person, if you don't first build a relationship, you know, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Rita Pearson's TED Talk, but she talks, oh, it's well worth the watch, but she talks... Uh, she has this famous line, she was this amazing American lady, she was a teacher for years, I think she's since died, but she has this amazing TED talk and she says, you know, kids don't learn from people they don't like. And that's something that I think, you know, we we don't always recognise, but particularly for the young people we work with who've had those difficult journeys in schools and maybe those difficult journeys elsewhere in their lives, um, you know, they have to like and trust us. Why should they? You know, why should they otherwise, you know, open up to us? And it's, it's incredible that they do, you know, um, and it still kind of amazes me 10 years later. I don't take it for granted. I think I'm very lucky um, with some young people and, and their families. It takes a while for us to build up that trust and to know that we're all working together. For others, it's really instant. And I, I really admire them for, you know, being brave enough to kind of start again. Uh, I'm Liam. Liam, cool. What year are you in? Uh, I'm in sixth now. I've okay. been here for three years. Okay, and were you in a, another school before you came here? Um, in first year, in I think uh, 2012 or 2013, um, and then I dropped out for three years wow. and stayed at home. Yeah. That must have been tough. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, I, I did the whole junior cert cycle in the one year um, when I came back here three years ago. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, I just went straight from nothing into third year. God. <laughs> so. Not to like 120. <laughs> um, and why did you leave school in first year? Um, high anxiety. Didn't know it was anxiety. Didn't know for a while. Um, uh, yeah, I, I could not cope in, in a public school. But this place is way different. Because here there's a sense of community. Like it's, um, it's not really intimidating. That you, you kind of even if things are chaotic and you don't know what's going on, you you kind of know what's going on. Um, whereas in public schools, it it wouldn't quite be the same to me at least, and I'm sure a lot of people would share the same uh, sentiment. But yeah, this place sort of. I don't. It it didn't spawn a, a passion in music, but it helped me realize I had one, um, which I'm very grateful for because music is a huge like part of my life I don't think there's a second uh, of my spare time where I don't have music on somewhere <laughs> so yeah this place in that sense has helped me figure out something about my future the focus on your own well-being as opposed to how well you're doing in in your subjects um, is way stronger and and it's not like Don doesn't want you to do well in your subjects he he definitely pushes you for it all the teachers do but um the main thing with them is that you're figuring out who you are and what's going on and and you can really tell that that's what they're looking for and they make it clear they say it blatantly to you <laughs> um, but it's reassuring you know because they do believe that you they know what you're capable of a lot of the time before you do Thank you, Liam. Really Thank you. I'm very much in love with the kind of Japanese anime art style. Jessica is in the process of publishing the first part of her comic series called One Piece Missing. The whole comic is actually about my experiences as a teenager with autism living in Ireland. So some of the books are going to be about primary school and how my primary school life was. The one that I wrote was actually just about me trying to go to America because it was a whole ordeal getting to America and then a whole idea ordeal when you got there. Not, not because they wouldn't let you in, but for No, it was literally just anxiety to get oh, there. Wow, yeah. When we went, I remember I did get very paranoid because all I had an idea of was from the TV shows, so I was just like, I don't know anything about <laughs> this kind of stuff. So is the comic book character, is it, is, it based, is it based on you? Is it like one person throughout the comic? Um, the character in the comic is based around me simply because each case of autism is slightly different, so I won't be able to betray all of them because I only have my personal experience. But like we had ideas of even getting my mom and dad's point of view into a comic eventually. We had the idea of maybe if we found someone who wanted to, that they could tell their story. And will it be published somewhere? Yeah, we are. I don't know if it's where it's going to be carried, but we know it's going to be published, and I'll be selling it at conventions and online. You can order Jessica's comic from her website, jessiegh.designs.com. We also talked a bit about when she first came to the Life Centre. I've only been here for two years. Okay. So I came here in fifth year because I struggled really bad 
in fourth year. In your previous school, was there any kind of, I don't know, help or support? Or? I had lots of help and support. I went to, I won't say the name, but I went to a special unit inside the school. And the people there were amazing, but I think after a couple of years, my needs just changed. And they were no longer able to, they fixed all the old problems. But now I had a whole set of new problems that were just now being noticed. Okay. So I wasn't able to, they couldn't help me quite with what I needed at that point. But it was also mainstream was really starting to, I guess you could say, grind me down too much. So mm-hmm. I was constantly stressing. I think mom and dad put it as first and second year were a dream. Third year they noticed problems and then fourth year it all just went downhill for me. How did you find out about this person? My mom actually uh, runs a gym. And one of the people that came in used to be a student here. He finished, I think, last year. But uh, he came to the school. He mentioned it to mom when she was telling him about how she was trying to figure out if she could do something for my education. And she looked into it, started arranging meetings, and eventually we just decided to go for it for fifth year. And how did you feel when you first came up here? I was, as I said, very paranoid. (laughs) I'm a very paranoid person, so I was very stressed, yeah. just trying to get by. <laughs> they'd win you over here, wouldn't they? Like, I mean, like I did. They do have a motto here that the school is more like a family, so everyone in here is more like a family than I guess you can say traditional school relationships, as in teacher student. It's and more do you find like, the other students a bit better as well. Though? Um, I find them really nice. There's moments where I genuinely don't know how to talk to them because we're just so different. But they all have an idea of where we are with each other, if that makes sense. So like They know where you're coming from, you know where they're coming from. Yeah, it? like we understand what's going on without having to I guess ah, trying to think of a way to explain. We understand what's going on with each other. Okay, yeah. And even though I may not talk to all of them every single day, every day of the week and hang out with them after school, I still feel like I can talk to them. Do you have any particular hope or anything? For the year. Oh, like the, the, year. the year goal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, yearly yeah. goal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I th- suppose the most obvious goal I have is trying to make sure I pass for a leaving cert, but I'm going to try and make sure my mental health doesn't get a, a beating because of that goal. Yeah, that could be quite stressful. <laughs> yeah, as I said, paranoid person. I and it's constantly. Worth, your mental health is worth way more than a leaving cert. I'd say so. Yeah. So if you can have the two, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to try past leaving. I'm going to work more on my art and try and get it to the point where I can be, use that as my career because I want to continue art. So I'm going to continue practicing, perfecting what I need to learn. So my name is Thomas Mulcahy. I am the administrator here in the Life Centre. I started here in 2009. I was volunteering originally. Um, and I started volunteering two days a week. Um, I quickly fell in, love, fell in love with the centre, so I moved up to volunteering five days a week. And then over the years, I, I got employment out of it. I asked Thomas what makes this place different from other schools. We look at success differently, so that might that might be seeing the young person um, at, come in through the doors when they haven't been able to attend uh, mainstream education for f- for years previously. It might be seeing them smile when when other days they've had a black cloud over their head. 
it might be seeing them start to make friends when they've when previously they've been feeling isolated um for us it's all about it's all about the young people and their own growth and development as the wonderful young people that that they are and i suppose it's a privilege to be able to share in that with them and to see them to see them grow um to be to become to become the amazing people that that they should that they should be why do you think there are more places like the Cork life center <sighs> that's a very good question um I think funding could be could be a big issue. Um, funding funding has always been an issue with the life centre, and the quest for official recognition is is ongoing ever since since long before I ever started here. While we've proven that we that there is value for money in the life centre, um, it's still the it's still hard to get to get official recognition and sustainable funding from from the government. Um, and I think that's one of the one of the main reasons. Um, the other thing is that I suppose to recognise a place such as us would also mean that you are acknowledging that the system that is currently in place doesn't work, um, and and the government and the Department of Education I suppose, don't want to show, don't want to highlight their failings, and unfortunately every young person who's in here is an example of where the Department of Education has failed, and the hundred and fifty that we're turning away each year are more examples of where the Department of Education has been failing. Did you say 150? 150 people are being turned away on average each year. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I again, as my role is in the is in the office, I'm receiving calls almost every day from parents looking looking for for places here who have no other alternatives available to them, um, and just don't don't know what options are there. And unfortunately, there's very few alternatives out there outside of the mainstream system. Um, and we are we're full, so I'm I'm not able to offer them a place here, um, and I try to advise them as best as possible. But but the alternatives are very very limited. That's a lot of people, a lot of kids. It is. It, and what I find as well is that a lot of the a lot of the the parents who who contacted us previously are recontacting again, which means that they've had they haven't been able to find an alternative in the meantime. Um, and that could be that could be months or sometimes even even a year or more in between contacting me. And I mean, this this is just the amount of people that have heard about the place, are aware of it, and who have the parents who are approaching. But obviously, there's there's many, many more that could benefit from this kind of a system. Yes, well, uh, the Department of Education's own statistics state that ten percent um do, do, don't don't progress, which would mean if you're if you're averaging it out at roughly forty five thousand students in Cork City and County, that means four thousand five hundred aren't making that transition. Thomas gave me a good look around the place. So the um, classes are all one-on-one or small group. So often, just because of space, there might be three or four different sets of classes going on in the going on in the same room. The walls are covered in beautiful pieces of art, paintings, sculptures, posters. It smells of home-cooked food and has the feel of a house or someone's home. Instead of corridors, there's a wide banistered staircase from the front and a series of winding rooms. So the kitchen is the hub of the centre. Um, Morgan, our chef, feeds, cooks and feeds everyone every day, so we make sure that all staff and students, that there's a hot meal for everyone every, every day. Tasty. What's, what's for dinner today? It looks like it's, it looks like it's ribs with wedges and, and beans from the looks of it. Nice. And home, homemade slaw, from what I can see. To get feed in the day, yeah, it's all. It? Everyone gets everyone gets a homemade meal in here, so make sure that everyone is fed. Yeah. Um, I'll bring you downstairs and I'll show you the. Sorry, Emily. Um, 
more classrooms. So at the moment, they're on the break, so they're probably doing. I think they're just having chats at the moment. Um, and then down here we have just the library in here. The li oh, that's cute. Uh, every, uh, yeah. Pretty much every room we see doubles as a classroom. <laughs> um, then this is the pool room, so you see the lads are probably on the break playing pool at the moment. Oh, yeah. I'm trying I like to fix it. Uh, stained glass windows. Yeah, so um, the Christian Brothers owned the house. Yeah. So this was previously their oratory. Oh, okay. That's where the stained glass windows came from. Okay, so that was like yeah, a church? So, like, no, um, it's an oratory church. Sorry, I'm not ignorant. No, no it was just... Where um, like they pray? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so they would have lived here up until 1999 as far as I know, and then we took over 2000. Okay. Beautiful building. Yeah, and then downstairs we have the water room and the art room. They're probably locked at the moment, but I can bring it down anyway. Okay, cool, yeah. Have a look. This is the water room. Oh, cool. I'm just leaving Barbara to see some of the rooms. Yeah. Hi again. Hey, Hi Barbara. again. How are you? Hello, how are you? My so Barbara. Gonna be, this is going to be Jessica's hey. leaving her project. Oh, is this it? Mm -hmm. Wow. What were you talking about? Yeah, we were talking earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it doesn't look much better. It's around. Still. Uh, the, it's over. Right. I'm just too lazy to go and get a time. So <laughs> I will. Interrupting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. See ya. Thanks. So you can talk, you've probably seen examples of the arches, you've been walking around anyway. You're the art teacher here. Um, yeah, I'm one of the art teachers here. Can I get your name? My name's Helen. Helen, and what do you like about volunteering? Um, well, no two days are the same, I suppose. No two students are the same, and um, there's always plenty of variety, plenty of fun. Um, the kids are, we call them kids, like, <laughs> a lot of them are grown up, but uh, they're all just amazing creative young people and they've got an awful lot to teach me as much as I can teach them I suppose. Um, there's a lot of extracurricular activities take place as well so choir will be starting at 1.30 in the pool room so Leah leads the choir and they'll, they'll be practicing. But I'm assuming you're I think I've shown you pretty much everything. Brilliant. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Choir is great. It's like it's one of the highlights of the week, really. Michael, a leaving cert pupil. Um, I absolutely love it here. I really do like. It's just a joy and a privilege to be a part of the centre, and like I really don't want to leave, as I said previously. <laughs> <laughs> and what makes it unique? What makes it different? Just the kind of connection you build with everyone, like, it's not a school here, it's a family. And you really have that feeling when you're here. Like, especially just like all formalities are out the window. I mean, every student teacher goes by their first name. So it's kind of, it's unique, but I like it. Um, but especially with like, just having like 30, I think there's about 30 teachers in here for 54 children. Um, so like, you really build up a connection with the teachers and, and obviously your fellow pupils too, but like just with that many teachers you're going to get close to some of them like so it's brilliant like i love it that way but they have more time to get to know you they do with the smaller classes yeah how was your experience i mean you don't have to go into this if you don't want to but your experiences with the other school before you came here well i am i'm a victim of bullying um i was bullied for 12 years of my life all throughout like from preschool up actually primary school secondary school 
So when I was in my uh, previous secondary school, um, I yeah, I had a lot. I had I was bullied pretty badly physically and um, verbally. Um, the principal was doing nothing for me. Um, um, so like she was like, I go and talk to her, but she just wasn't helping. She wasn't gonna put a stop to anything. So um, my parents just took me out of school and. I was out of school for a long time and nine months and my parents actually they heard about this place so they rang Don and I met him I think yeah I met him um, around like the March and I left in this, the November so um when I met Don um it was I was I mean I was very anxious at that time I was very um depressed and I had a lot of anxiety I was I think I was 15 years old and meeting Don was kind of hard um but um and Rachel too, but um, I kind of I quickly grew fond of them just kind of what they were saying. Like, one thing that stuck out to me um was um Don said he didn't want to report about about me from his previous school. He didn't want to know anything about my past. He wanted to know me for me. So when I was going to be going to the school, he wanted to know the kind of person I was going to be like just by watching what I'm doing in here, which I thought was like amazing. Like that's a whole new beginning, and you know he had no opinion of me only the one that he was getting no one else's so like that was amazing I really I really like that kind of stood out to me and kind of from then, then on I kind of had this feeling that this place is going to work out for me I also met Alana another Leaving Cert student and she told me why she likes it here um, it's a lot, like it's way better than normal school like because I had a rough time in normal school and then coming here and like having like all the like teachers and everything like be so supportive and you know like it it helped me a lot they seem really nice actually i wish i'd gone to school here to yeah no i know i i talk it up so much like um like even i went to the doctor the other week because i had back pains and she was asking me where i go to school and stuff because she was looking for somewhere for her son who's in like fifth class and I was just like like praising it like because she said that she didn't like homework or anything like the concept of it so yeah do you get homework here uh we do if we ask for it like if we need it to study then but not generally no that's no. cool oh yeah no it's great <laughs> yeah. honestly like, I really wish I'd come here yeah no it's class why do you think there are more schools like this in Ireland? Because, uh, like, I guess because it's been, like, drilled into the system for years and years. Like, it's very hard to break that down. But I think that, like, with the Life Centre and stuff, like, maybe people will actually start to realise that, like, you know, some people need something else. Other than big crowded schools where you have to wear the same thing every day and just you know, not wanting to get up in the morning and go out and do the same thing for hours, like, I don't know. Yeah. But here, like, it's always different. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get, like, you know, <laughs> you come in and, like, every day is different, like. Like, we're all treated like adults here. Like, we're all treated as people. Whereas, like, you know, like, even in, like, normal school and it's just like you're a student like that is your label that's it like no one wants to hear your side and like no one wants to hear if you're in a bad mood someday or like if you can't deal with the workload because it's putting a lot of pressure on you but like here like um like we're like a big 
dysfunctional family but like you know <laughs> like it's great like it's a big massive family like I love I love waking up in the morning and coming here like and like I love how we have like the Christmas dinners and like the awards nights and everything like getting on during the year but mm -hmm. how do you think the year is going to go or what do you hope for it um i'm kind of struggling to study a little because i i never really studied so but yeah i hope i hope it goes really well because like i want to do really good in my leaving search not for anyone else just for me because i want that for myself it's just a big challenge My name is Emiliano, I'm teaching music. It's like more a place where we share much more than um, topics, disciplines. We, we try to, to, to share um, feelings as well. So just we try to, 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 to be connected uh, in, a, in a complete um, way. So it's, it's not about just teaching. It's it's more uh, you know try to to to, to be um, useful each other and uh, to to help hopefully other people to grow in general. Um, we just provide them a safe place uh, and a place where they can be they can trust to us and in us and uh, they can just uh, grow with us and and we can grow with them as well. Don O'Leary again. I mean, if you look at if you look at a car in 1910, and look at a car today, has anything changed? Mm, you looked. Look at phones, 1910, and look at now. <laughs> you have screens, you have everything with it. Look at a classroom in 1910, and look at a classroom today. Has anything changed? Nothing. You still have a teacher standing at the top of the class. You still have kids sitting in rows of desks. Desks might look newer, but it's the same system. Do you yeah. think this model would work in other places in Cork and in other places in Ireland? I definitely think it would. I mean, we haven't had the opportunity to test it. I suppose you have to be able to adequately fund and, like, what we always want is to be secure into the future. So until... We do, we do that, but I certainly think it would be... Re people often say to me, I'm answering this question very long-winded way, but funders and people will often say to me, um, if you had a baby, we'll say, oh, look, I had, you know, 150 young people last year I could cater for, and they'll say things like, oh, yeah, but if you had a, bigger, if you had a bigger building, and that really doesn't come into it because then you break down the model, which is what's very important is that you know every student and they know you and that they have the opportunity to know you in a, in a more personal way than school would allow. So what you'd need is more centres in different parts of the city, probably the south side at a minimum, and then down more towards the county. Um, but I can't see why it wouldn't work, you know, um, elsewhere, but we haven't, unfortunately, had the why, opportunity why to test that. Why do you think the Department of Education hasn't looked at here and thought, this is a great success, why don't we do this in other places? Um, I think it opens a can of worms. So, I mean, I suppose... The department have put a lot of their energy and resources and policy around keeping young people in mainstream school, and I'm not saying that that isn't an important um, aim. But 
from I suppose I just have one perspective I haven't worked in the mainstream but people who do work in the mainstream and at a range of professionals do tend to recognize that there is still a, a small but significant number of young people that that won't work for you know that do do actually need a smaller setting in somewhere outside of school but I think policy wise you know that's where the Department of Education starts their funding so they 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 want that to work um, and I think there is the feeling that well then there'd have to be one everywhere <laughs> like we like we just kind of described so if you and also I think there's a larger thing in that um, I mean in lots of ways the the department usually recognize our work Okay, they they leave us to it. They leave us all the exams. You know, when when they have come to see us, they like what we do. But I think, in a larger sense, alternative education in general isn't recognised. It's we we have a number of kind of types of provision in this country, but they've all kind of just developed up out of need and they're ad hoc. There's no one specifically overseeing what alternative education should look like. Is there one model it should work under? So. There's, there's a funding thing, but I don't think it's all about money either. I think it's about we're not there with just recognising that this isn't just, um, that alternative education isn't just about kind of mopping up the spills of what what couldn't be done in mainstream, but that needs to actually be recognised as an, an option that needs to be properly organised and there for young people. To acknowledge the Life Centre and, and to show that all these this alternative education, not that not only is it needed, but that it also works, means that they're also acknowledging that the mainstream system doesn't doesn't work in some cases. Obviously with the COVID pandemic, the Cork Life Centre, like all schools, has had to adapt. Rachel recently told me, it is tough to be back online again, but we will do our very best. And if we keep together as a community like we did the last time, we will weather it. Morgan and Quiva are now in fifth year and still great friends. Jessica is studying cartoon animation in St. John's College, Cork. Again, have a look at her website, jessiegh.designs.com, if you want to order any for work. Michael is studying psychology and social studies in the College of Commerce. Alana is studying anthropology in UCC. And Liam is studying music at Stefan Nefa. I think their whole their whole thing is to put the uh, the the students as people first, not as students. So there's a there is a heavy focus on academic um, success and like well-being, but the main focus is on each person as a person and whether they're doing all right or not. I mean, like Don's nearly a, a third parent at this stage, and Rachel, it's. Uh, yeah, you feel very welcome here. A huge thanks to all the students and teachers who spoke to me, and especially to Don O'Leary, Rachel Lucy and Thomas Mulcahy, who facilitated this documentary. Alternative Learning, the Cork Life Centre, produced by Barbara Flood funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland under the Sound and Vision Scheme.